Welcome back to The Wine Show. It's Simon Nash, and we are now going to have a chat with Derek Hooper from Cape Jaffa. Um, and uh, good morning to you, Derek. G'day, Simon. How are you going? Going well, mate. And um, so uh, <clears throat> so we uh, we find you down, <clears throat> pardon me, on the, the Limestone Coast. Um, and uh, so this is a region that, that people um, would have heard of. They would have seen it on the labels. Uh, of wines, but they they may not have been there yet. So we'll we'll have a bit of a chat about that um, about the region itself and how accessible it is um, for Melburnians, really. So, but um, in a minute. But let's um let's chat about Cape Jaffa and um and your sort of your history there. You've uh, you've been making wine there for is it twenty years? How long? Nearly thirty. I still worked out the other day. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so. Um, um, it's a, certainly a, it's a brand that I has been on my radar for for quite a long time. The label seems to have changed um, to look at it now, but from what I sort of recall. But um, yeah, tell us how how your sort of journey has been. You know, let's say over the last thirty years, and and so where were you before Cape Jaffa, and then um, how has Cape Jaffa evolved over that time? I was sort of started off. Um had a, had a vineyard or an interest in the vineyard over at uh, near Coonawarra mm-hmm. and sort of were looking for a bit of a, a bit of a change and sort of started jumping fences and you know checking out other regions around the limestone coast and ended up coming over to uh, to Rove and uh, Cape Jaffa and, and Kingston and just had a good look around this area there was a there still is a, a vineyard which is planted by an old guy um, uh, Bill Wheel which um, was the first vineyard here and we Ended up finding some uh, some wine that was being made by um, the guys that were cellar masters and had a bit of a, a crack at it and thought, well, that's pretty interesting. So, we, you know, we, we bought a block down here. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> and um, so, Robe, we a lot of people would know Robe um, may not have been there, but uh, that know it as your effectively, it's a summer destination for you know people definitely from Coonawarra, but even you know from Adelaide, isn't it? It's a it's an amazing oh, town. And also in Melbourne too, like there's a whole, um, um, a, a large a large amount of people come from, from Melbourne down to Rove. It's only sort of like six hours, um, so it's not that far. Mm. Um, but I guess it's sort of got that, you know, that old sort of historical sort of feel about it and it's not sort of overdeveloped and it's got, yeah, it's got a good vibe about it. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> when we had a quick chat yesterday, I mentioned to you, so often I'll talk to, and particularly, you know, one that comes to mind is Doug Bowen, who, you know, he says... Um, Oh yeah, I've just been down to rope to check on my nets and we're going to have crayfish for for lunch. It's like seriously, this is awesome. And so um, you can uh, you can buy a license that gives you the ability to buy, I think, to get out two a day or something. Uh, and it's quite yeah. you can. There's no. It's not like there's a limited number of them. He said you can actually acquire one reasonably easily. Yeah, I mean the amateur pot license is a it's a great a great thing. They do say though that. After you take all of your expenses, your boat and everything out, each crayfish probably costs about 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't consider that, do we? No, no, no. Um, all part of the experience. So which of your wines would work with with uh, crayfish? Uh, I quite like... Um, uh, we've got a little uh, skin contact um, uh, Chardonnay, which um, has got a bit of texture about it, and it sort of it matches that sort of um, strong texture you get in, uh, in crayfish. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so in 2017, um, as part of the, you know, um, Cape Jaffa, you oh. then decided to um, to launch a brewery. 
Yeah, that was um, a bit of an, an evolutionary sort of a thing. Um, always, it's always taken a lot of uh, beer to make wine, so <laughs> we thought we'd start playing around with it. And um, yeah, we we um, stumbled across a, a great uh, great lad, uh, Tom O'Reilly, who um, was actually doing a vintage um, outcut chaffer, unbeknownst to me, and he was actually a brewer. And um, as soon as I worked that out, um, we sort of you know, started talking and started playing around the shed, making beer and a little. Uh, three vessel system that I had there, but um, yeah, that that whole uh, uh, evolution of the business has been it's been amazing. We're um, we're cranking a lot of beer right now on site. It's good. And do you do you just sell it on site, or does it go into retail at all, or restaurants? Or? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Um, it's certainly like the local market's been really strong. Um, the guys in Kingston and and also um, in Rove, they've been really supportive initially, mm-hmm. um, but now we're sort of um, into uh, into Adelaide. We've got a a guy on the road that's doing uh, beer and wine and um, um, also in Melbourne too. We've got distributors in Melbourne. Oh, that's good. Um, so if we if we come to Cape Jaffa and, well, let's say we come to South Australia and we, we you know, first stop is Limestone Coast. Tell us mm. about the region um, in that, you know, we can visit you at Cape Jaffa as a cellar door. How many other cellar doors are there in, in that sort of de- defined region? Well, the region's called Mount Benson, mm-hmm. um, which is... Nestled next to the uh, the Robe region, and they're both very similar regions and probably the same size. Um, but I guess the great thing about this area is um, uh, the proximity to the ocean. Um, it's uh, you know we have this amazing sort of uh, occurrence every year called the uh, the Bonnie Upwelling, which is basically when we have this um, you know meteorological sort of event where the the prevailing sort of southerly winds actually push up. Um, deep sort of Antarctic water, and it just pops up uh, in this little area here between Robe and um, Cape Jaffa and a bit further down towards Beachport. But it has this incredible uh, moderating sort of effect um, on the uh, on the surrounds. And what, uh, what, time of, what time of year is that? It sort of varies, but normally it's when we have the um, the visitors to the to the area sort of peak summer when the water temperature drops and you know it might get up to sort of maybe. 16, but it, it sort of feels like it goes back down to about 12 um, mm. when all the people are here. So it's got the, the, beach, the beaches, you've got a bit of a reputation for that, really uh, cool water sort of beaches. Mm. And then does that drift through as sort of a maritime influence through the vineyards? That, oh, yeah, you know, 100%. And at that yeah, time, they're, they're liking a little bit of cool, you know, a little bit of respite from the hot sun, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we, I don't know, we're pretty lucky here. It's very rare to get. Um, uh, you know, we might, we might get sort of like two days over summer that's you know gets above forty, uh, but the rest of the time it's pretty. Um, you know, you might you're sort of living that sort of uh, low thirties sort of thing for a hot day. It's it's, it's good. Um, so if we if we listed the maybe the top three most suited varieties to the limestone coast, um, is that an easy thing to for you to um, to do? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think certainly um, Cabernet's. Um, uh, pretty have to be certainly up there, with uh, followed by Shiraz. Um, and on in this particular area, um, Shiraz is quite interesting. It's sort of got those sort of roan-like, sort of light, sort of lighter sort of tannins, um, and a real sort of green sort of pepper thing happening. It's it's real cool climate, Shiraz, and it's pretty exciting. Um, but I think um, Sauvignon Blanc. I mean, you know, we can love it or hate it, and most of us, you know, make Sauvignon Blanc. But the, the Sauvignon Blanc from down this area is like particularly. Um, it's it's quite it's quite different to what you see out of Coonawarra and Lambourne. Um, 
So you say cabernets, with a, as in plural, all of them work for oh, it? No, well, straight cabernet. I mean, straight cabernet. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, we, we, when we first planted our vineyard, we really had no uh, real defined uh, variety in mind, so we sort of planted a bit of everything, but we had Cabernet Franc and uh, Merlot and, um, and obviously Cabernet, but we sort of worked out which varieties did better than others. But, mm. I mean, I, I, we pulled the Cab Franc out, but I'd actually love to have Cab Franc now. It'd be quite good just yeah. for doing those sort of, you know, new vintage sort of things, no like, and just fruit doing. Did, did you used to do a straight Cab Franc? Um, so, so if we look at your climate and Margaret River's climate, um, you know, both maritime influence, I guess, um, similar varieties, but in Margaret River, you would want Cab Sav with Cab Merlot to make it complete and equally Semillon with Sav Blanc as a blend. Well, so, yeah, definitely, to, yeah, to make those things work, they often, they, they, they're quite nice to blend with each other. It's good. So, so, but your, so your climate is different in that you can make... The individual varietal as a complete wine. Well, that's. I mean, that's. What I, I like. Um, I like wines that actually taste like the variety. So we sort of focus on, um, you know, trying to sort of get that um, varietal definition. Um, and often that sort of comes by being a bit less, you know, using a bit less oak and just sort of allowing that sort of fruit to sort of come through in the wine is, is one of you know one of my joys, I suppose. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yes, well, we definitely have to put it on everyone's list because, as you say, um, your region is six hours, roughly, from, from Melbourne. So it's, yeah. a, it's a doable drive in a day. If you get up and get going early, you stop somewhere for lunch. By the afternoon, you're at your accommodation. By the evening, you're at the pub. Which pub do we go to? Oh, there was two great pubs in Rome, um, Rope Hotel and also the Cali. Um, I think um, uh, it's not just... Two pubs. The whole town. There's, there's actually so much to do in Rome. There's heaps of retail um, and you know fantastic little bakeries, bread makers, and uh, dairies, and and you know there's a couple of breweries. It's funny. It, there's, there's actually a lot to do. You, you, you'll sort of get down here and um, you can probably seriously entertain yourself for probably you know six or seven days. And oh, really? do the same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Plus also the walking too. Like there's some there's amazing sort of walking trails around the town and. Pretty scenic, sort of, you know, rugged sort of limestone um, coastline, and and you know the water. It's all, yeah, it's all accessible. It's beautiful, and the national parks. It's it's a pretty amazing place. Um, are you getting a lot of caravanners and motorhomes and things? Oh yeah, definitely. Right. I know the whole COVID thing, um, you know, has been it's been very difficult. We sort of it sort of struck us like just at the beginning of vintage, and there's so many sort of un, uncertain things that were happening. You know, during that lockdown and so forth, and, and also from a business point of view, it's been pretty interesting. But you know, now it's it's like Rovers and Kingston are just so full, and even down to you know further further down the coast of Beachport, like the towns are chockers with uh, visitors, and a lot of people you know throughout Solidor, a lot of people are coming in and just you know work work a few shifts, and you sort of get talking to people, and you know they've never been down this way before, but they can't go overseas, and you know they've they've just jumped in a car and the van, and they're just yeah, isn't it? Um, and so your cellar door, are you open each day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep daily, 11 till 4. Um, now, as far uh, as, uh, in addition to your, your, the Cape Jaffa wines that you put out, then the brewery, you also put a range of wines um, out through Naked Wines. Oh, yeah, definitely. And yeah, that's, those guys are great. Yeah. 
Um, what is your having? Uh, what? what um, how many wines do you do out of um, in that range with them? Uh, probably about uh, seven or eight, I reckon. Yeah, mm. sort of. Um, we've got the core um, sort of Cabernet uh, Merlot and a and a um, uh, Pinot Gris under that sort of under one of the uh, the range. We've sort of got three ranges, and sort of the top range is an organic um, uh, Cabernet and Shiraz as well. Yeah. Um, and then, so for for all of the wines you make, you um, you're sort of pulling wine. I notice you've got some um, you get some material from Rat and Bully as well. Yeah. Yeah. What, Rat what Rat are you getting from there? Uh, Shiraz and Cabernet, and also Pinot Gris, like this, and also a bit of Chardonnay every now and then. Yeah. Rat and Bully is a pretty good region. It's been sort of a uh, bit further north, and Kunawa has um, uh, same sort of soil structure, like. Sort of older soils, older Terra Rossa, um, whereas we're over here on the coast, we um, we've got sort of more of a sandier red soil because obviously the soils, the, the closer to the ocean you get, are younger. Um, the Ramble has got, uh, I know, it's got a, a, a bit of warmth about it compared to, to here, mm. and um, you know, good good sort of solid tannin structure. It's a good it's a good area. Um, that's another region that again we we see, you know that. We said on a label, but we haven't really been there. Is there, you know, different to Limestone Coast? Is but is there, is there less to do, more to do, or you know, is it a region that you'd go and visit, for instance? Oh yeah, no, definitely. It's, um, I mean, you've got the Narrowcourt Caves over there, and it's uh, yeah, and the, and the vineyards are sort of in the same sort of sense over here. It's quite undulating. You can sort of see um, um, the whole vista. Is, is actually yeah, it's good. Mm. Um, Narracourt is a um, it's a good sort of rural um, supply town I suppose and um, it's got a bit of industry there as well um, but certainly the uh, the caves are um, a real draw card to that to that Narracourt area or the Rattenbury area mm. well lots lots of uh, things to, to come and um, come and do so there so there are two types of travelers I guess there's the there are you know grey nomads or other others taking an extended trip um, and then there are you know, kind of maybe four or five days, kind of to to a week and a half. Um, mm. Could you do, given what you said about Robe and uh, and then the you know the the wineries that are around, um, would four or five days get the? Would it be a, a good enough um, attempt at getting to know the region? Do you think? Oh, you definitely. If you wanted to come and um, do a bit of a wine tour, you can certainly see um, all three regions or four regions if you. And also, you probably you know Mount Gander as well. If you want to go a bit further south, Congrong. Is, if, you, if you came here for a wine trip, um, that would be you know you'd be able to entertain yourself for uh, four or five days quite easily. Easy. Um, yeah. But if that's not if that's not what you're into, there's there's so much more to do as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, as you said, there's the national park and all of that sort of thing. Um, so uh, so vintage wise, how far through are you? Uh, we've only done a little bit of hand picking and so forth, but. Not really started. I think um, uh, this coming week will be probably towards the end of the week. We'll be getting you know right into it. It's been a very, uh, very sort of um, easy going sort of summer. We haven't really had a lot of hot weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's going to be. I think from a, a vintage point of view, it's going to be a good quality one. Good quality, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and yields are, yields are sort of up there a bit, but I think you know a lot of people are. Um, uh, you know, dropping a bit of fruit around the place at the moment, just trying to get everything balanced, and it'll, yeah, it's going to be a cracker. Mm. Well, good luck with it. What would you have another what three weeks probably of you know, to get to the end of all of that? 
not any longer, I reckon. Mm. Just the way the season, it's it looking as though it's going to be silly, silly long and sort of drawn out, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, it is what it is, and we sort yeah. of just power through it and get well, it Well, you know, don't you? You have to. And, uh, and you've been doing it long enough to, um, to, to be able to... Would you prefer a compact vintage where everything comes in in four or five days, or would you prefer no, to have a little no. bit of time? <laughs> no, a bit of time is good. Yeah. Then you can actually let, let things... Uh, you know, you can play around with when you actually pick it, whereas in those sort of compressed finishes, it all just happens so quickly. You mm. just got to get it in fast. Um, and presumably yeah. everyone's scrambling for harvesters and bins and everything, if it's yeah. all coming in that hard. Oh, it, just puts, it puts a lot of pressure on everything. Um, mm. With our plants, we, we like to sort of rotate um, and, you know, reuse our red fermenters and so forth a couple of times. And if it's, you know, that condensed vintage, that makes uh, that whole process very difficult. Yeah, definitely. Um, so <clears throat> we need to go shortly, but last question. Um, you, the wines you, you talk about, um, La Luna and uh, on, on Soleil, is that probably butchering? Yeah, On Soleil, yeah. <clears throat> so can you just explain those so that we then we understand what what they mean in reference to the, you know, the wine that's in those bottles? Well, they're two sort of like, um, I guess uh, they're uh, single vineyard sort of... Um, wines or labels and we're sort of trying to sort of show people um, the difference between Mount Benson and, and, um, and Rattenbully because the uh, Ancelay is a, a Rattenbully single vineyard uh, label which is um, from a, a mate of ours, um, Greg Kosh, who's a, who's a really good grower down that way. Um, and the um, Laloon is um, from our, our place it's, um, in Mount Benson, Cape Jaffa. Right. Um, so it's sort of two distinctively different wines in the sense that they come from two regions. Each year, you know, you're going to see variation, which is, you know, based on the climate and the growing conditions. And I know if you, if you follow a wine, you can sort of see the, the differing seasons in a wine, and um, then you can sort of compare it to a, a sister being known in a different region. Um, you know, it, it makes for um, interesting conversations if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, but it really uh, it's great to have a chat and great to, to um, re, uh, revisit, I guess, um, the Cape Jaffa story. And, um, but also, people should you know compare and contrast, and you know pick up a couple of bottles of yours from from the Naked Wines guys. Um, and well, as I say, good luck with Vintage um, and uh, and all of the projects you've got going. It's um, yeah, you thanks, Simon. Got, got your hands full with a daily cellar door open and brewery and everything. So um, so lots of your brew is going to be drunk in the next five weeks, six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, as it you will. say, a lot of a lot of beer goes into making wine, and that is a story we hear repeated, you know, by winemakers <laughs> all over Australia. So, yeah. um, excellent, mate. Great to chat, and um, you. enjoy your, uh, in the re- the rest of your day. You too, mate. Thanks Thank for you. Call. See you. Thanks, Derek. See you later.